You're listening to a very moody sports show with Daniel Moody and Zach Whittington. Brought to you by Moody and Sons Electric. For any electrical needs, call Moody and Sons at 864-478-4328. That's 864-478-4328. Welcome into a very moody sports show. I'm Daniel Moody. And this is Zach Whittington. And on today's show, we have a lot of good stuff for you. Uh, Action packed. Action packed, always. You know, we're bringing you the hot topics. We're bringing you the the necessary things. Essential. Uh, Essentials. Thank you, Zach. Bring me what I need. That's a here. word of the the times, right there. It's, it's a current. People know about the essentials right now. Toilet. Speaking papers. of essentials, I'm drinking my purity coffee here to start the show. Delicious. I wish I had some coffee. That sounds mm. so good right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Zach, we're on episode 38. It's Figure a big we'll number. Go ahead. Name the episode while we're out. Right here. Do it. Get it out of the way. Uh. We were talking about it. Not a lot of 38s in the game, you know, in multiple sports. Oh, we're going to be struggling to fill the numbers up here through the 40s and 50s. Well, 50s, you get linebackers. 40s, you got some running backs. You got some linebackers. You got some baseball greats. You got Jackie Robinson. We got that episode coming. We got, uh, what's some 40s in your head, Dan? Any big numbers you're excited about? (sighs) Not off the top of my head right now. I can go ahead and tell you next week, 39. Spoiler spoiler alert. The Larry Zonka episode next week. Very excited. Go Fins. Go running backs. Go Fins. Go mustaches. Because Larry Zonka has a mustache. I have one. I'm pretty much Larry Zonka. But next week, Larry Larry Zonka episode. But I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, Dan. Number 38, a great pitcher, a three-time World Series champ. His name is Kurt. Last name Schilling. Dan, give me some rundown on the stats here from the man. So, Kurt Schilling, six-time All-Star, two, like you said, three-time World Series champion, one with the Arizona Diamondbacks, two with the... Boston Red Sox retired in 2007, probably best known for the 2004 uh, ALCS game against the New York Yankees, named the Bloody Sock Game. Uh, Kurt Schilling, it's your episode. Number 38, way to go. Bloody Sock, what does that mean? He had like an ingrown toenail or something? Uh... I don't know. (laughs) I pinched until my toes bleed. He was with the Red Sox, so... (laughs) Perhaps was it even blood? That. Was it even blood, or were his socks just red? Was he just wearing red socks at that point? This it is turning was. into a conspiracy more than it is a sports story. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Zach, we have do have a little bit of sports news this week uh, coming in. They are giving it to us on occasion. Uh, more NFL movements and more people getting paid. Christian McCaffrey... Running back of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, highest paid running back in NFL history now, Zach. Keep pounding them checks from the man, Christian. $16 million a year, four-year deal. Alvin Kamara is watching this happen, licking his chops. Can't wait to get paid. But 
Christian McCaffrey, highest paid running back ever. And I'm going to tell you why. It's because he catches the ball too. They're paying him as a receiver as well as a running back. So, Dan, how do you feel? Is Christian Uh, McCaffrey the best running back ever? I don't think he is the best running back ever, but it's exactly like you said, is the fact that he's able to catch the ball out the backfield, responsible for 44% of their yards from the scrimmage. uh, Well, here's the thing, too. The last year. The last two to three years, which have been his breakout years, breakout in quotation, the Panthers have sucked. His quarterbacks have rotated and been hurt and sucked. So, of course, you're going to get all the carries. We're not throwing the ball with Will Greer, Kyle Allen, or broke Cam Newton. So, hey, give it to Christian McCaffrey, am I right? And this gives you a little look into the Matt Rule era of football in the Carolina Panthers organization. I'm assuming this means he's going to be the ground-and-pound defensive-style coach, uh, probably have more of a conservative-style quarterback. Zach, you being a fan of Carolina a bit, how do you feel about the potential of y'all going, potentially turning the knob backwards as far as offensive play? I mean, as long as you replace the – guys you lost on defense, then yeah. Carolina's sitting with the seventh pick right now in the draft. Is Isaiah Simmons still going to be around at number seven to replace your Luke Keekley? Mel Kuyper calling for a number four pick at this point. (laughs) They're saying Isaiah Simmons early off the board. Nearly put Zach on his butt there. (laughs) But uh, I like the Panthers. I like the way they're going. They said – Instead of flashy, instead of home run ball, instead of big runs from your quarterback and deep balls, we're going to go dink and dunk, screen game to McCaffrey, quick passes. You got some receivers. You got DJ Moore who needs to perform and break out. You got Robbie Anderson who's your deep threat now, Teddy. So, hey, it's a new, it's a new day in Carolina. And, and you got P.J. Walker as an option to throw in there bro. with little trick plays. Teddy, yeah, and he can run the ball a little bit. But I think Teddy's a great starter. It's his job. He doesn't have to worry about P.J. taking it. But still, I'm loving the McCaffrey move. Let's talk about this, Dan. Okay. Pre-draft, Christian McCaffrey was told he was too small, he couldn't run in between the tackles, and he wasn't going to make it in the NFL. And I'm one of the people that thought the Panthers drafted him too high. I thought it was a reach. I, I looked around, and I was like, whoa. McCaffrey top 10? You kidding me? A white guy running back, Dan? (laughs) You cats to be kidding me. At that time, the Panthers had a huge black quarterback and a small white running back. That is Uh, the opposite of what we had come to expect as the norm in the NFL. Well, and I completely agree with you. It's the fact that Christian McCaffrey in that year from one to two evolve the body from a small man to a large beef <laughs> beast that terrified They even had, people. like, sports center specials on him, like how yachted and jacked. It was Christian strange. It literally, he literally looked like he put on 20 to 30 pounds of muscle in an offseason. But season. that's just it was getting your so diet strange. right, getting cut, losing the baby fat. So, Zach, not only did we get a little news as far as Christian McCaffrey, the Carolina Panthers, we did get news outside of the football field, but still in the football stadium, uh, in the broadcasting booth. It has now been reported Drew Brees, once he retires, whenever that comes, doesn't mean it's coming this year or anything, but Drew Brees, when he does retire, Zach, will be making his venture 
into the booth on Sunday night football. And you think he's going to be good? I think he's going to be great. I think Drew Brees is a fantastic uh, personality. I think he's been great as far as interviews and stuff. He's always enjoyable, so I think he'll do great. It's questions, can he do the same thing that Tony Romo provides us with breaking down plays before they happen? The plays that get broken down are so simple to these quarterbacks, Dan. They're crazy to me and you because we haven't lined up at practice for 10 well, with these, with Drew Brees, 20 years at quarterback, <laughs> and watch these defenses. There's clips of Deshaun Watson, his second year in the league, breaking down Carolina Panthers' defense with his hands for a reporter. And he's two years pro, dude, you know? So, like, imagine you can't fool Drew Brees. You can't fool Tom Brady. You can't, apparently, you can't fool Tony Romo, but he, <laughs> he played a little differently when he was the Cowboys quarterback. A little harder when you're on the field. I, I Trust me, I love Tony Romo calling the games, but giving me a simple coverage call out and telling me which way the ball is going to be ran is not that surprising, you know. Like, teams have scripts usually when they come out of halftime and the beginning of the game. And if you, if you watch an obsessive amount of football, you kind of have a feel, especially when you factor That's in true. who the coordinator is. Of Excellent. what play calls are coming. Excellent if, if I'm watching a Clemson game 10 years ago, mid-2000s, guess what? We're going to run a draw and then a bubble screen. And guess what we're going to do next drive? A draw and a bubble screen. I'm not a genius saying these things. <laughs> you no, know? you're right. You're absolutely right. If you watch, But enough, at the same time, credit to Tony Romo. Great personality. I love listening to him. I, I love the call. He's, he's probably going to have a better post career than he did football career because he was playing golf the whole time he was playing football. So... <laughs> I, a little distracted the whole Tony time. Tony Romo, he's the best out there. America's also breaking team. rib cages and whatnot, but no big deal. <laughs> Left-handed passes. Dude, Tony. Um, So, Zach, I did have a question for you, though. With the Sunday night booth getting filled later on already, nobody has still gotten into the Monday night booth. And there's one exclusive, exclusive, exclusive free agent and when it comes to commentators. And it's Peyton Manning. And Peyton Manning still hasn't accepted a broadcasting job. He hasn't accepted a coaching job. He has made a few appearances with the University of Tennessee. But you were asking me, do guys not want the Monday night job? And I don't think it's that. I think, I don't think it has anything to do with Monday night versus Sunday night. I think it has to do with, these guys have so much money. Let's take Peyton Manning. He has endless resources. It is literally what does Peyton Manning want to do? It's not, hey, I got this awesome job offer for millions of dollars a year. Peyton Manning could do all state commercials for the rest of his life and have more money than I'll ever see. <laughs> you know? yep. So with Peyton Manning and the Monday night gig, I think you're going to start to see, now that the Drew Brees news broke, Peyton's not going to take the Monday night job ever now because – you got all these quarterbacks and this drama, this beautiful thought of being a broadcaster because Tony Romo makes $17 million a year. I think the Drew Brees signing is pushing Peyton Manning closer to coaching. Oh. So there's my hot take. Feeling I think Peyton it's more Manning. likely to see a Peyton Manning coaching situation because Drew Brees got the NBC Sports job. Okay. So, yeah, I, I don't. I definitely don't think Peyton's going to be the man that fills the job. I definitely could see uh, Peyton potentially. I definitely could see him coaching at some point. 
Um, but I definitely could see Peyton on rather than an actual broadcast booth being in like a uh, halftime show, pregame show, postgame show situation on the desk with a few people because then he could banter back and forth a lot easier. That's I think that's what Peyton enjoys being able to do. Like, uh, could you imagine throwing him in there with uh, Michael Straham, Howie Long, Terry Bradshaw? That would be crazy. Oh, that'd be a wild setup. Oh, that'd be a well, great yeah, because they're those guys are already all together. And then uh, Tony Gonzalez is in that group too. So you have one of the best tight ends ever, one of the best quarterbacks ever, one of the best defensive linemen ever, two of the best defensive linemen ever. <laughs> and then uh, you got Terry Bradshaw, who's no uh, he's no cheap ticket in himself. He's a four-time Super Bowl champ. So you could yeah. also put him on the Fox College coverage. Urban Meyer, Matt Leinart. I want – it'd be cool if Tennessee was head coached by Peyton Manning. I'm just saying. That'd be a great pick. But they signed Jeremy Pruitt. Jeremy Pruitt's definitely going to get a couple more years, a couple more chances. Uh, I feel like he is building something in Tennessee, so possibly see him staying there a little longer. All right. But, well, let's have that conversation. Peyton Manning says, yes, Tennessee, I'll be your head coach. Do you immediately do, replace? That's tough. Ooh. Um, if you're not winning SEC championships, the answer is yes. Yeah, I guess. You, yeah, I, I guess you take Peyton Manning as your head coach. I guess because the recruits you're going to get are just stupid. It's going to be year three with Pruitt. Yeah, I'd say after if if he has a bad year this year, you definitely can get rid of him for Peyton Manning. Um, absolutely. Especially Would in you this get rid offensive, of Dabo Sweeney for Peyton Manning. It's in this, especially in the offensive style football we're playing now. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt being a defensive coordinator uh, come up out of, to head coach. Uh, I definitely could see them replacing for an offensive style man. Um, but that's possibly in the future. We'll see. We'll have to even see if we can get college football this year. We'll see. They're, they've said they they. They will say, college football-wise, the chairman of the NCAA college football section came out said that they are planning on regular scheduled college football season at this time. That was today? Nah, I think that was last Friday. So, we'll see. You know, staying optimistic with that, for sure. Uh, so, Zach, there was a firing in the NBA. Um... Wasn't me, was it? No, it wasn't you. All right, no. good. I, I still have my job. You just, I mean, listen, you should have been. I would have hired you for the job. Could have replaced. You could have replaced wow. Gar Foreman as the Bulls GM. Fired after a 22-year stint in the team with the team and a 10-year stint as their GM. Hey, man, uh, I'm not crazy, but the Bulls haven't been very good in a very long time. They have not made the playoff in at least six six seasons. Uh, Gar Foreman did bring in a couple big names, you know, brought in Derrick Rose, brought in he's brought in good players and uh, overall had some drafted flops in well, the draft. But uh, drafted Denzel Valentine thought you were getting a huge player from Michigan State. The Colby White is a good pickup. I do like that. I like Laurie Markinen. You got some good pickups. There's some young talent there, and including Zach Levine, and you can't win games. You so. can't. That's the problem is I think it's a – and they've already replaced the coach a few times, so at this point you head on up to the GM, I would assume. Uh, they have already found their replacement. It is going to be the Nugs GM coming from Denver over to Chicago, Arturis uh, Karnasovas. Uh 
the Nugs, obviously, I think that's a great pickup for the Bulls because the Nugs are a great example of a team that was the same situation, had uh, you know uh, Rudy Gobert there. Uh, sorry, not Rudy Gobert, but you had uh, the Joker there. Uh, so you had the big man. Um, well-developed team, Paul Millsap out there uh, contributing. So I think it was a good, well-built team, and that Nug team was making a run for the playoff this year already. So uh, I think that's a good pickup for the Bulls to be able to probably do something with the pieces that he's now has. Mm-hmm. There is a little bit of NBA news and controversy, and it's surrounding the hypothetical rookie of the year. So... For most of the season, there was no argument. Yamarant was the consensus rookie of the year with Zion Williamson not playing the first half of the season. And all was fine and dandy. Everyone was okay with Yamarant winning the rookie of the year. We understand Zion didn't play, and we're not going to give it to Zion. Y'all's been here the whole time going off. But... Zion came in and scored at least 20 points and dominated every single game he played until the season was shut down. So now, Daniel, who is the Moody Sports, very Moody Sports Show Rookie of the Year in the NBA? My vote goes to John Morant because he was able to do it for a longer extended time And I think the Grizzlies were a team that surprised me with where they were versus the Pelicans, I felt like when they got Zion on the floor, were going to be able to compete for a 7th, 8th seed. So I still would go with Ja Morant personally. All right. How do you feel? If I had to pick between Zion and Yah, I'm going to pick... Neither, and I'm gonna go with Kendrick Nunn from the Miami Heat Ooh, for Rookie of the Year. <laughs> I love it. He's averages more points than Yah, and the Heat are a playoff team with a winning record. Deep playoff team for sure. Yeah, I love it. That's a great so, pick. Yah, Morant, Zion, my boys from South Carolina. I apologize. So sorry, but Kendrick man, Nunn I is a walking it, dude, bucket, no. and nobody knew it. And we need to recognize. Unanimous, because once you offer up the Kendrick Nunn, I'm changing my vote. It is unanimous rookie of the year. You just gotta Kendrick you Nunn. just gotta tell the people. They don't know what they want until you show them. Exactly. It's, We're here just providing like people with the names. We're putting names with faces. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Kendrick uh, Nunn, rookie Kendrick, of the year. Very moody sports show. There you go. We're providing the information. Uh, also, some information necessary to all sports fans as we are looking for any and every bit of content we can find at this point. By the way, Packers-Vikings on uh, from like 2007, Aaron, or Aaron Rodgers versus Brett Favre, the first time they ever played against each other. Mm-hmm. Shown on ESPN, classic. Favre Great was game. on the Vikings. Favre on the Vikings, Rodgers sporting the way. He had an MVP uh, run that year. It was his best season of his career, interception, touchdown-wise. Let me tell you. Bradley Loring remembers that year very, very very well, I promise. Let me tell you, I'm a Favre man. (laughs) I I love Brett Favre. I was a fan of Favre. 
Wrangler in the Wrangler commercials. I'm all about it. <laughs> all about it. He likes Ford. Pretty cool. Was my first car. Brett Favre. That's a quarterback. That's a quarterback. Um. So we will have Zach finally something to consume in the sports world. On Sunday night, the last dance airs on ESPN. Uh, it is chronicling the 97-98 season of the uh, Chicago Bulls. So it's just one season? It's just their final season. It's the last But dance. it's a 10-part 30 for 30, right? I'm assuming the first like part will be the introduction into the build-up to the season, and then they'll talk about the season in depth. I thought it was like a 10-part miniseries on Michael Jordan, but this is just one year. It's all about the 97-98 season. They literally recorded all of this during that season and have had it on lockdown since. Now what? releasing. Really? Sure. Yeah, no joke. And this the, is not the cast is star-studded. You got Pat Riley. You got uh, Phil Jackson. You got Scotty Pippen, Pippen, Dennis Rodman. The late, great Kobe Bryant's in it. You got Michael in it for sure. This, it's going to be a crazy documentary. And it comes so out far. Sunday? Coming out Sunday. What time do you know? Sunday night? Sunday night. I do not know what time. I'm assuming 8, 9 o'clock. And if you want to go even deeper into it, I know Jalen and Jacoby are doing a podcast reviewing each episode after. So uh, there's going to be even more content on the content being provided. Obviously, we're going to talk about a little bit of it. because I'm And not only, not only talk about it, but we're also going to write about it, post about it, Everyone, don't forget, check out our new website, www.moodysportspage.com. That's M-O-O-D-Y, sportspage, all one word, dot com. We got new content, editorials, a little bit about me and Dan. You got links for the podcast. So an all-purpose landing page for everything Moody Sports. How you feel about that, Dan? Love it. Well done, Zach. Way to just slip that in there. Smoothly done. I was going to try to work it in at the end. Nailed it. It's advertising. Uh, so, Zach, what are we? What are we? We are a sports show, right? But we, we like to call ourselves a niche show, correct? Yes, we are very niche What's our niches? We know what our niches are. We're a Greenville Triumph and XFL. XFL. <laughs> We'll have to find a new niche. We might be in the market for niches. If if you have one, let us know. XFL has suspended all operations indefinitely, uh, and they have now filed for bankruptcy as of yesterday and have laid off a majority of their employees. So, Zach, XFL done. As of last week, you do, do, I will quote myself, I said, they're good. I was wrong. <laughs> so, Vince is in a world of craziness right now because not only was he launching the XFL, the WWE is still a major corporation, and they, they just had WrestleMania, their biggest event of the year, in front of zero fans. <laughs> not live. It wasn't live. All these WWE events are usually live, recorded in front of a live audience as well. So all these events were taking place in the WWE Performance Center, and they're doing WWE in a way they've never done it before. Some of the matches at WrestleMania were scripted, 
and they looked more like a horror movie than they did a wrestling match, a traditional one. They were literally like high production scripted That's matches. That's what I heard. I heard there was the two Undertaker high literally threw a man off of a metal building barn into a grave. You know, like and very high production. Out, right? What? His hand popped out at the end? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Hand of course. Cliffhanger. Can't kill a man, it's a wrestling match. <laughs> but uh so they're doing some of the high production stuff, but this was literally cinematic. So Vince McMahon's having to deal with the effects of coronavirus, not only at the WWE, but with the XFL, which was already a crazy, like, fringe project, you know, like trying to launch a football league when multiple unsuccessful attempts had happened. So crazy times for old Vince, but, uh, you know, he's got plenty of money. He'll be fine. I don't think the bankruptcy sounds more like a technicality to me than I it think is it a, is a technicality. A lack of money is what yeah. it sounds like. Because <laughs> um, so, the numbers and the ratings on the XFL were good. They did well. They were do They were above what they wanted to be at most of the time. Um, and I think I felt like the in-game attendance was just ticking up. It was a legitimate time. football league. The, the product on the field was fantastic the whole time for sure, and I thought. The product, like in between the snaps and stuff, much better than what the NFL offered me most of the time. I wouldn't be surprised if around August, September, October, everything's back to normal with college football, NFL. You're gonna hear the relaunch of the XFL. They'll just hire everybody back. He's literally. This might just be a. I'm not putting up with dealing with everybody right now. It's a temp thing for right now. And relief is what he's saying. Like, I'm not dealing with the relief and the outcry. He's focusing on not losing the WWE right now. He's probably not too focused about the outcomes of a three-week-old football league, four-week-old football league, you know. So, with that being said, Dan, your favorite wrestler ever, WWE. Oh, Goldberg, easy, all day. Whoa, great choice. Dude, spear that man every time. I loved Goldberg. When I found out Goldberg was an ex-Bulldog, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, man, dude. That just adds to the legacy. So, if we're going to stick with that theme, I will say Goldberg was one of my all-time favorites. Like, But in the same era, Sting? I was about to tell you, Sting? my brother Chris, major Sting fan, we used to literally butt heads about who was better all the time. The Stinger? Are you kidding? <laughs> the St- Sting is the all-time most badass wrestler if, if, stand if there was a title that said bad ass the stinger is up there but could not stand that man you couldn't stand sting you couldn't stand him he was anti-goldberg you, you know baseball goldberg man all day <laughs> goldberg's great triple h great Shawn michaels undertaker all the great the big show big show i love big show big show Just he's got a new reality show coming out called uh the big show show <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I need to find where this is for me. Speaking of Big Show, did you know uh, Kane, the Big Red Machine? He's uh, the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. Uh, I did not. Knoxville. He's the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. Well, how His name's Glenn Jacobs. Uh, the Big Red Machine Kane, seven-foot mayor. But uh, <laughs> I would have voted for him. <laughs> yeah, I would too. He'd choke slam you if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and with that being said, guys. Before we get out of here, I do have one thing, Zach. You got you got a lot for me today, Dan. I got two things, actually. Yeah, before we get out, I got two things. Number one, just a little note story I caught before we were getting on here. Coors delivered 150 beers 
to a 93-year-old woman for free, Zach. How about that? She is spending her quarantine the right way. Went viral with a sign in her window that said, I need more beer. And Let me ask she got you a it. very, very important question. Is this Coors Light or is this the banquet beer, Coors? I'm assuming Coors Light. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, That's a it's big a difference. It's a big, a big difference. difference. So I'm going to give the old lady some credit and say she's drinking the banquet. And if so... Invite me over, how, honey. Let's let's split some banquets. <laughs> Zach, now question, how long do you think it takes 93-year-old woman to finish all 150 beers? If you're 93, you're probably living however you want to and it's working for you. I'm betting you she's a good a good six-pack a day. Six-pack a day? That's solid. I think yeah, I think you give her a couple like, you know, solid 3 weeks on it. Yeah, well, Depends on how big this lady is, too. (laughs) And then, last thing. Watched Parasite. uh, Academy Award winning best film of the year of 2019. Uh, Parasite was put on Hulu recently, so I watched that. And Zach, personally, everybody loves it. Everybody talks about it being great. Thought it was two hours. It was two hours movie. Probably about 45 minutes too long. Really? Yeah. They, I, I mean, and I, the cinematography, fantastic, and the, the music was great, but yeah, they just drug out the storyline way too long, so personally, don't think it was the best movie of 2019, so. What did it have to compete with, Fast and the Furious 9 and 10? I mean, obviously, because those are <laughs> blockbusters and Hobbs and Shaw, don't forget about that. Those one. are different movies now. <laughs> those are different movies, but Hobbs and Shaw is so much better than all of them. Uh, no, but really though, Zach. So I do have one question. Popular movie for you that you don't think, so it's a popular movie in the world that you think is overrated. Wow, I have no preparation for this. No uh, preparation. I did some preparation. First. Let me dwell on it for a second. Okay, so I did some preparation. I'll give you, I looked up the top 100 movies on uh, IMV. And... In the top 100, I noticed a couple that stood out to me. Now, I told somebody recently, Wizard of Oz, number two on the list, does not really, you know, it doesn't do it for me. don't think it's that great of a movie. It is what it is. But Sound of Music was the one that stood out on there to me because I have been forced, I was forced to watch Sound of Music in elementary school instead of going to recess. And oh my gosh, what a waste of time. But you got to understand when these movies were made, Dan. In 1920, The Wizard of Oz was some hot shit, Dan. <laughs> I understand that. But it's not as enjoyable as everybody makes it out to be. Have you heard of uh, watching The Wizard of Oz with the sound off and turning on Pink Floyd, The Wall? And uh, I feel like I have. They simultaneously play, and it's the music, like gets exciting when the monkeys are flying and stuff and then it calms down. It works down. out perfectly. It's supposed to synchronize apparently uh, directly and you're supposed to be immersed in the experience. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> and, uh, I got you. Yeah. So. <laughs> a little immersed, immersive experience there with that. Movies that I just didn't think were amazing. Like, it was a little overrated. Um... Man, the 
The Godfather's great. It's too long. <laughs> it's too much. Uh, Godfather number one movie on IMD of all Number time. one movie ever? Hey, I attack number two, so don't feel bad. We're gunning for them, Zach. Wow. I didn't mean to attack <laughs> the Godfather like that. Um, We're taking them all out. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of stuff that pe- a movie people are super passionate about. It's tough. It is. Give tough. me a mo- Give me like number five. So on the list. for so for you, I feel like it could be the Star Wars films or potentially Lord of the Rings because you were never into those as much as the cra- the typical like, most people were. But I'm not gonna crap talk Lord of the Rings, even though I haven't seen it, because I understand that like the books were there. There's content in Lord of the Rings. If there's enough subsets for you to make video games and books and people go crazy, like it's probably pretty good. I'm talking like critically acclaimed. You have to watch this. Like lay like lay Miz. Like don't give me some French musical and expect me to get all emotional. I am a blue collar southerner. <laughs> I think Les Mis is an excellent one. Well done. <laughs> so there's example one. Like it's stuff like that, man. I can't deal. I, you're probably not gonna like this, and a lot of people I'm getting tired of the Avenger movies, man. Like I don't Ooh. give a damn about Marvel anymore. Y'all lost me at Iron Man five, and Winter Soldier returns from the depths of Aquaman. Like I can't do it anymore, man. All superhero movies definitely getting overplayed. I can feel I that. I can't do Like, some of them are good. Like, I like Deadpool and stuff. But when you run it into the ground, I don't want to watch it out of spite. <laughs> so, basically, what we're saying is all of this accumulates to watch all of Fast and the Furious' greatest film series of all time. Too Fast, Too Furious. Or nothing. <laughs> um, so, guys, that's all we got this week on Moody Sports. I'm coming to you. Definitely, Zach reminded you to check out the uh, website, moodysportspage.com. Uh, also, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, at moodysportspage. Uh, and then check out our library on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, How do you think we, we did be- today, Dan? Pretty good? I feel like it went a lot better than last week, honestly. Last well, week, yeah, we last were stepping week there was on nothing, top. And, uh, this week, I have a mustache. So I need to work on the mustache is what you're saying. You completely shave yours off. I get rid of the style. I can't. I, I shaved off everything but the mustache. Well, guys, we'll catch you next week. We'll do the draft uh, preview before the draft on Thursday next week. Can't wait. Yeah, we'll talk about Joe Burrow's small hands. See you next week. <laughs> Thank you for listening to a very moody sports show with Daniel Moody and Zach Whittington. Follow us on Instagram, Spotify, and Twitter at Moody Sports Page. That's right, a new name, Moody Sports Page. And listen up next week for good predictions and hot takes.